squad picks the season getting underway at home. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Welsh coach Warren Gamble knows the potential of the squad he's picked to go to Japan. I think it's good enough to win. The most difficult thing about this squad is the depth that we've created over the last three or four years, and so we've left out some real quality players. Lock Corey Hill's confident he'll be fit in time to make an impression despite a leg fracture. Not ideal, but look, really chuffed that they'll be picked in the squad and my fully focus now is doing everything I can to get fit and, and return as soon as possible. But Bridgend will kick off the new season without long-serving former chairman Derek King, who passed away in the summer. We're hopefully putting things in place now which all see we'll celebrate his life a little bit Friday night and hopefully the boys come on put a performance in which will make him proud. Gen coach Steve Jones. More from the Intergroup Premiership later. But we'll start with the squad picked by Warren Gatlin for the Rugby World Cup in Japan. 31 names, some tough decisions. Probably after last week we looked at the squad and you know, it was 24-25 that we thought were pretty good contenders and there was then you know another 9 or 10 that we were discussing afterwards. We've seen a huge growth in a number of players during the time that we've been together. Probably the one area that did change with trying to be as transparent all the way through with the players, taking them through what our thought process was about the makeup of the squad, 18-13 split. Original thinking was six props, but we decided to go with five. But there's always got to be some compromise somewhere in the in the squad, you know, whether it's at tens or just second row or somewhere. And so yeah, that's the one position where, you know, we're potentially a little bit light, but uh, we'd be doing some work with Wynne Jones in terms of covering that tight head position to make up so that we've got sufficient cover there if we do get an injury there. Warren, you mentioned in the run-up to this announcement that breaking the bad news to those who miss out would be the hardest part of your job. How has it been that process for you? You know, having experience and knowing myself, the disappointment of missing out in the World Cup squad. Yeah, so I spoke to some players about one o'clock today. Obviously, it's, it's a difficult conversation there. They're pretty disappointed, but I've got to say that We've had a World Cup uh, WhatsApp group and, and the players that have missed out. I think all of them nearly have um, commented on the WhatsApp group and, and wished the guys all the best. And I think it's a sign of character of, of the players that have, that have missed out. And those players that have missed out will be on the, our standby list if, uh, if we do pick up any injuries uh, over the next few weeks. That's not an easy conversation to have, obviously, delivering that sort of news. Uh, two of the most notable names perhaps to miss out with the props, Rob Evans and Samson Lee. Yeah, when we decided to go with the five props, one of the big discussion points was just how durable the props were. And Rob probably hasn't trained a lot in, in the, the lead up to the World Cup matches. He came in with a with shoulder injury after surgery, then he's picked up a neck injury and a couple of back issues as well. So he hadn't played a lot. Samson's probably missed a few campaigns through injury. Had a hamstring issue this year, so during the campaign as well. Now we looked at the durability of, of the props coming in, and someone like Reese Curry, who's made incredible progress, dropped 10 kilograms. Thought he did well yesterday. Uh, he's a big man, but I think apart from one day where he found it tough, where his calves were a bit tight in the early on in the training camps, uh, you know he hasn't missed a training session, hasn't been in the physio room, and given the the other props are pretty durable in terms of Thomas and, and Dylan as well, so. That was probably some of the consideration that we had about, particularly when we decided to just go with the five props, because with Corey Hill not probably being available into the second game, then Aaron Shingler covers us in that second row position, so then we decided to go with the six loose forwards. 
you gone for a really spatch on uh, one of your tens? What tight call or what was your thing? I thought yesterday Reese came on and, and gave a, a pretty. <laughs> solid performance in the second half. It was tough for Jared in, in that first half. That was probably the decision on, on yesterday's performance and Jared's an incredibly talented young player and I'm sure his time will come uh, sometime in the future. I thought Reese controlled the game nicely when he came on. He scored a good try, kicked his goals as well. He has had experience. For us, with Reese, the whole time he's been with us has been about rebuilding his confidence. Came in not being picked for the Scarlets, sort of being on the bench, not having a lot of rugby, so it was about us just bringing him on slowly and, and trying to give him that confidence and belief that he was capable of performing at this level, and I thought he did a good job yesterday. How would you rate the strength of this squad compared to the other teams going to the tournament? Is it good enough to win? I think it's good enough to win. The most difficult thing about this squad is the depth that we've created over the last three or four years, and so we've left out some real quality players that in the past when you're picking a World Cup squad, you may have been happy with 23 or 24 and, and the others making up the numbers. You're not quite sure about their ability and quality, but you know we've left out some real class players. I thought um, Owen Lane had a good game yesterday, played well, so you know he's definitely a player for the future. So we've left out two experienced props, experienced player and, and Brady Davis has been left out as well. So I think the depth of the squad and the, the difficult decisions we've made is a, is a sign of the preparation that's gone into the last three or four years. And so, yeah, I think we're going there with a lot of self-belief and a lot of confidence. Uh, disappointed with yesterday, but thought we showed, showed some great character in that second half coming back. I thought we looked fit and strong and started to play with some, some real purpose in that second half and... I think with 12 minutes to go, if Elliot D had a score that try, I think we would have gone on to win the game. We just ran out of it of time. You spoke very highly of James Davis a few weeks ago. Warren, it's a big chance for him. And... Yeah, he's had some injury issues and during the season. I thought he gave a pretty good performance yesterday for someone who hasn't played a lot of rugby at 23 minutes against England. But he worked incredibly hard and you know, a couple of turnovers as well. And He's got that ball-carrying ability. So, look, we've got some real strength and depth in that um, back row and some options and some combinations that we can look at. And So really pleased with how he's come on. He'd be um, absolutely delighted to go, and he's, he's an important member of the squad. And how about that last game against Ireland, now that last warm-up match? How do you approach that? Do you go stronger than you were? Yeah, we'll be pretty strong, but I think there's a couple of people that perhaps need a start, and say someone like Rhys Patchell might look at giving them a run. You know, does Elliot D need a start at, at hooker as well? Ironically, it looks like the, well, if we can win next weekend, it sort of re- reflects exactly what happened in 2011 in terms of the warm-up game. So, you know, we'll be going over there, had a good week. What happens to the players left out now? Because obviously there's a good chance some of them will end up being called up. They won't come in this week. They'll have a bit of a break and, and then get back to their clubs. Uh, we've put a standby list together that, you know, we're not making public, but those players will be on that. And if we do pick up any injuries, then perhaps they'll get an opportunity to come out. So... You know, we'll have to assess the progress of someone like Corey Hill. You know, hopefully he is on track to be available for that second game, but if he doesn't meet his markers on the way and stuff, then we may have to make a call on that position. So, um, yeah, look, it's disappointing, but they've worked really hard in the, the last 12, 13 weeks together, and you know, some of them may get that opportunity to come out if we do pick up injuries. So let's hear from Corey Hill on the state of play in that leg fracture. Talking in the National Centre of Excellence in the Vale Resort, with a moon boot on his left leg. Had a couple of scans in the week. Obviously picked up, I got a little stress fracture in the fib down the lower leg, so not ideal, but look, really chuffed that I've been picked in the squad and, and my fully focus now is, is doing everything I can to get fit and, and return as soon as possible. Did you have suspicion there was something more than, than they thought, there was something different? Yeah, 
when you're out training and something's not feeling quite right, you've had a few scans and, and nothing's been picked up. So I don't know, you start to think, well, there's but it's in your head and there's nothing really wrong. But look, we've got great medical staff here and, and, and my trust is fully in them and and they are pretty positive with it and I'm hoping I can get back pretty soon. So, so yeah, I've got to stay positive and, and do everything I can on my behalf and, and they'll certainly do everything they can. The s staff are pretty special here as well. So, so yeah, they uh, keep me pretty fit off the field and hopefully I can return on the field pretty soon. Warren's very positive. If you're fit to play, you'll go. You're an important part of the squad. That must have made the last 24 hours a bit easier to bear, I don't know what that one is. It's still a bit sketchy, obviously. The team selection, we found out live the same as you guys. So, so yeah, it was a weird situation for me. Obviously, I'm sat there in a, in a bit of a moon boot thinking I'm not fit at the minute, but obviously I think i got a lot to add to the squad and go forward into the World Cup. So still a little part of me was hoping that I'd get picked in the squad and I'm thankful to the coaches and, and the management for having the belief in me and i got to do my bit now and that is uh, getting back fit as soon as possible, like I said, and hopefully return to rugby as quick as I can and get involved as soon as possible. What's the process over the next sort of few weeks? Because, again, they were talking about having to hit various markers in terms of your fitness. i got a pretty um, hectic week now. I'm down in the oxygen chamber, down in Swansea, speed up the process and try and heal it as quick as possible. So, so yeah, I'll be doing a few things now and trying to get back up on my feet as soon as possible and trying to get out to this boot and try and back reloading as, as opposed to deloading it for a couple of weeks. So... The medical staff have put a plan together and I really believe in that plan. They're one of the best in the world. So, so yeah, look, there's a lot of trust there and, and it's a pretty good bond. So, so, yeah, look, I'm pretty positive about this. So are they. The aim is obviously to be involved in that Australia game, but it's starting around the squad. Is there a point that you have to be running or a point that you have to be able to scrummage or that sort of thing, a date set for that sort of stuff? Pretty much think it'll be about three weeks now, deloading, and that's the plan anyway. So... So yeah, look, I'm positive that I can get back involved and up and running and as soon as the foot's strong enough, we'll start to push it then, obviously run and scrum and do all your bits and bobs and return contact fitness and stuff. So yeah, I'll be doing a lot of off-feet conditioning and try and keep myself in pretty good shape off the field and then as soon as you get on the field, start doing the contact preps and, and stuff with um, usually do with Hugh Bennett. He's pretty intense in that area, so he's, he's a pretty good partner to be doing it with. So, so look, I'm excited to get back fit and trying to get involved in everything. Just a wider point on Japan, you've, you've experienced all sorts of regular conditions, like hot, humid uh, conditions down under in the past. How different is Japan going to be? And this squad has got done a lot of preparation. We have, yeah. We've, we've done the, the heat recently in Turkey and we've and we done the altitude training in um, Switzerland, so pretty much covered all bases. We are, the squad's in a good place especially conditioning-wise. and So it would be nice for the boys to have a good hit-out now Saturday against Ireland and, and try and get a win before we go to the World Cup, before we head on the plane. But, but yeah, we're in a pretty good squad. The SSC staff have done a lot of research and they're pretty good at their job. So, yeah, we trust in those and we've done enough training now. And, and yeah, it would be nice to um, get a win on the weekend and send us off in style and then get our teeth into the World Cup. A proud moment for Jonathan and James Davis, the third set of brothers to go to a World Cup with Wales. Let's hear from them both now, starting with James. Yeah, it's been good. It's, um, obviously, you know, having found out after two o'clock that you're in the squad, uh, you, you can't have really any complaints with life at that point. So, um, so yeah, no, it's it's been good. I yeah, enjoyed. And what about sharing the whole experience then with your brother? Yeah, it was. You know, pretty special to see his name there. I think he was probably a little bit less concerning about the squad than I was yesterday. Um, 
But no, it's great. Mum and dad now uh, get to see hopefully both of us play in Japan, and you know it makes their money that little bit more worth it, I guess. Yeah. And what are the family and friends' reaction been then? I guess uh, double delight. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know he still gets the uh, the majority of the praise from the parents, but uh, you know I still get a few percentage back. I think obviously they're over the moon from a small family coming from Bank of Valley, and they probably never thought that this day would ever come. Um, but now it has, and hopefully they can enjoy it. What are you looking most forward to then in terms of the whole experience? You are a, a rugby player, that's your first priority, but what about off the field in terms of culture, food, language, uh, things like that? Yeah, of course. You know, you're going to a new country and you should enjoy it. You know, I'm looking forward to, you know, the sushi. I like my sushi, so... Um, I'd love to travel. At the end of the day, this is my job and I'm travelling, so I can't... I have no complaints. Um, so I'm just looking forward, obviously, to the rugby, but you know, enjoying the culture alongside with it, and I think that's important. Yeah. In terms of um, the Welsh out there, then the, from social media, the Japanese seem to have taken Wales under their wings somewhat. Is is there more pressure, you know, because I guess their Wales will be their second team? Well, that's the first I've heard of it, but you know, if it makes the stands, you know, shout for Wales yeah. a bit more, then I guess that's brilliant, there. Yeah. So. Um, you know, if that's the case, brilliant. We'll have to put our Japanese tops on while they play and yeah. I hope it's reciprocated. And where does this sort of achievement then rank in your career? You know, you've, you've done the Olympics, this is a World Cup. It, it must be up there. Yeah, of course, yeah. You know, from all my injuries this year, I think, you know, just for me to be fit at this point, you know, is a heck of achievement. So the fact that I'm now going away to a World Cup is, you know, just icing on the cake and... Um, Hopefully I can take my chances and if uh, obviously we go well then it'll be that more special. I haven't been to the one in 2011 and missing the one in 2015. It was always a goal for me to get back into a World Cup squad and um, over the last few months there's been a lot of hard work done so um, I'm excited for the prospect coming now over the coming months hopefully. As one of the more senior members in the, in the squad did you have to speak to some of the members who, who didn't make it into the squad and sort of console them? Oh, look, a lot of friends, uh, you know, the boys are really close in this squad and obviously there's disappointment and, you know, you speak to some of the boys that you, you're close with who didn't make it and um, obviously you're disappointed for them because you, you know the work they put in as well and uh, how much um, effort goes into the, the preparation and, you know, you just hope that they have a bit of time off now to, you know, just to switch off and um, look forward to the season coming then. You've spoken to James, how excited is, is that prospect of playing at a World Cup with your brother? Yeah, I don't think he seems that excited, to be honest. Chuffed a bits for him. He struggled last year with a few injuries and um, he's worked extremely hard over the last few months to be on the field training and he's been in a lot of pain, but you know, I think hopefully he can um, keep improving, keep giving a great account of himself and um, you know, he, he's worked as hard as anyone, so you know, he, he's got his deserved um, result in the end. How do you view this game against Ireland? No, I think you look at the structure of our week, you know, it's another test match week. We want to um, keep improving, keep developing what we want to take into Japan. And I think, um, you know, after the disappointment of the weekend, there's an excitement for another opportunity to go to Dublin. And, you know, we want to win the test match and um, move on to Japan with, um, 
a good energy and a bit of confidence as well. It's, um, it's important that we keep building and we don't take anything for granted. What's that sense of belief like in the squad? Obviously, Warren Gatland talks about us being among the contenders at the World Cup. I, I take it that's the kind of belief shared by the players. Definitely, you know, I think over the last 18 months or so, the confidence in this group has been built with the hard work we've put in. And I think um, the way we've been prepared, the coaching staff have put this group of players in the, you know, the best possible position to go out and win the World Cup. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Bigger surprises was Lucette Prop Reese Curry, who did enough against Ireland in his first cap to earn a place in his first World Cup. To be honest, I was uh, shocked, nervous, happy, it was all a mixed bag of emotions really. I was just shaking what obviously wasn't expecting it. And uh, I've been almost seeing my parents, they were over the moon. My mum was in tears when I saw her, so uh, it's a big thing for me really, obviously. It's big for anyone, but for me it's, it's massive. Where do you think you've made an impression? Because I think it's just three starts for Cardiff Blues, isn't it? Yeah, um, I've been training well these six, seven weeks. I've trained really hard. I've put everything into it. I've bought into everything I've been asked to. And uh, obviously I had my first cap on the weekend and thoroughly enjoyed that experience. It was unbelievable playing at the stadium with all those fans and in front of my parents and my family and with all these boys. It's been a pleasure as well, so... Warren Gatlin mentioned in the media conference last week about you losing 10k. Is that true, or is he making it up? No, yeah, I've I've lost about that much. Yeah, I've, I've lost a lot of weight since I've come in. Come in in June, I was in the best nick I've ever been in. But uh, I can say now that I've I've worked really hard and sort of reaping the benefits. Really. Yeah. Do you feel better for it? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. The first two weeks in camp was uh, really tough. I was because I was carrying a lot of extra weight, so I uh, sorted my diet out. Just been training really hard, just trying to keep my head down. Really. Do you think you can keep up the sort of ball-carrying presence that you've shown on under-20s duties at senior level? I like to back myself, and obviously I know I have the ability to uh, carry the ball and obviously do the stuff I have to do as a type 5 forward, but um, I'm focusing on set-piece at the moment because I know that's the most important part of my game, and when that gets sorted, then I can focus on the other stuff in the game, man. Yeah, especially with Georgia first up, I guess. Yeah, exactly, so... Uh, yeah, I've been working hard in Maccas and uh, yeah, we're, we're getting some uh, benefits from it now. What about the tournament as a whole? What about the whole experience? Is that something that you're, you're looking forward to? Yeah, obviously. Four years ago, I was just watching the games with my mates in a house. Couldn't even go to the pub, we were only 17. So uh, we, we were just watching the games. We were like, oh, how crazy would that be? Like one day, I'd like to be there. And obviously, it's been a long four years. It's been hard work, but... Um, no, I'm, I'm really happy in the place I'm in now. Rhys Patchell won the Battle of the Outside Halves after an uncertain few days. Yeah, pretty bizarre week, to be honest with you. Probably uh, not one that the average player goes through, to be honest with you. But it is what it is, and, and thankfully it's come out the way that I'd hoped it would. But equally, it could have gone another way, and, and that, would have been, that would have been it. And your example of a, of a player that has played out in Japan uh, for Wales, give us a sense of uh, what... Uh, 
players, the fans can look forward to then out there? Oh, it'll be different. It'll be different, that's for sure. Obviously, completely different culture. There's six years ago there was there was very little English out there, so communicating was particularly difficult, especially when you're trying to order food or something. But uh, I'm sure you know the the fan zones and everything. Everyone will have a great time. The locals are really really helpful, really really polite, and everything's unbelievably efficient out there. So uh, yeah, I'm sure people are going to have a great time out there. Sport is a brutal business, and you're an example of somebody that has proved that you don't give up and you carry on and you can still make a, a big deal like this. Yeah, I suppose so. Sport is sport, I suppose, and, yeah. and things happen and just head down and, and carry on going. And my old man's got a, got a quote on the wall, your most valuable asset can be your willingness to persevere. And I suppose that's sort of what that, that sort of, for me, is particularly important. And four years ago, I didn't make the cut. A lot of injuries this year, but, um, you know, I'm a firm believer you stick around the barbershop long enough, you get a haircut. And, and thankfully that's happened. Well, Owen Watkin was chosen as one of the centres. Oh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, it was terrible. I mean, just just on edge, you don't, don't know what, where you're going or you're back to your club sort of today. But, um, yeah, I was relieved and the family were relieved when my name was finally called out on uh, online then, yeah. Was it different because, obviously, you're a club mate with Scott and you played together on Saturday afternoon? Yeah, it is a bit strange, obviously, we were good mates and played together in the region and obviously played together on Saturday, but um, obviously I'm really disappointed for him, but obviously on a personal level I'm, I'm happy I got picked, but he's probably one of the first people to text me saying congratulations, so it just shows what kind of person he is really then, I think. The last couple of years it's obviously been a steady progress to get to this point. After the injury gap before from 20s through, did you imagine it would work as smoothly since then? Um, no, I probably didn't think I'd end up going to the World Cup this soon, maybe in a few years, but obviously I've had a lot of help on the way, my family, coaches, my friends around me, and I've worked pretty hard to get here, so I'm just pleased to sort of relief now that all the hard work has gone into something then, yeah. What are the feelings about the different conditions and the preparation you've been doing to get there? Um, I think we're going to be probably, out of all the teams, probably one of the teams that's most prepared. I mean, we've done a lot of different training, altitude, heat, and we've sort of had a variety, so um, yeah, I think we're in all in good shape and physically ready, just looking forward to go out there now and... Obviously, on a, on a personal level, it's a good experience of different cultures and different people, really, then. You've obviously you had junior world championships and travelled around, but have you had an experience that can, can prepare you for this? No, the, probably the first I've gone is probably um, Argentina, and I think Japan's probably the opposite to Argentina, so it's going to be something new for a lot of us, but it's one I'm looking forward to, really. There seems to have been a different approach during the, the warm-up games, maybe a little bit more open, a little bit more prepared to get the ball through the hands. Is that, is that a, a fair perception? Yeah, obviously the last say, three months we worked on our skills and catching the pressure and sort of wetting balls just so we went out it's going to be here. We'd be, we're confident that we can catch them balls early and sort of shift them. But yeah, we're trying to play some rugby, we score some nice tries and sort of um, experiment with different things, different plays. And so when we get towards our first game, also, you know, we, um, we sort of know what's, what's on our menu and what we can do against them. This is a really exciting day, last 24 hours been pretty exciting. At what point does it switch back to business? Um, I think straight after this now we go, we go uh, mobility skills and uh, rugby and weight, so yeah, straight back into sort of work mode then and preparing for that, for the game Saturday in Australia then really. So trying to bring you back straight back down to earth, yeah, the policy. It's been a good 24 hours, but obviously you need to get back, keep your head down, enjoy it now. And we'll hear from many more members of the World Cup squad over the next few weeks in the Welsh Rugby Union podcast, of course. But now we'll turn to the start of the new season in Wales, particularly the Indigo Group Premiership. It'll be quite an occasion at the brewery field this Friday. The first game there since former chairman Derek King passed away in the summer. Let's hear from a few of the clubs now. 
Steve Jones, Bridgend RFC. I imagine there's quite a lot of emotion around Bridgend last couple of weeks. What's going to be happening this weekend that's, that's maybe a bit special following Derek King's passing? Yeah, I'll well, see. It, it, it's hit everybody out of the club, not just the players and staff, but everybody associated with the club. But obviously, we're hopefully putting things in place now, which obviously will celebrate his life a little bit Friday night. And hopefully, the boys come out and put a performance in, which would make him proud. Bridgend, of course, survived the end of last year. He was a big part of that, wasn't he? Yeah, so, you know, Derek, like, I've only been in Bridgend for two years, but, you know, he's had a big, you know, uh, effect on my on my life in a way I see the game. You know, he, he was a great man. Last year, obviously, he was Silv and uh, the coaching of players. It was a hell of a season, and it went down the way, which we didn't want it to, but we did, and we fought really hard to stay up which we did, so now we open to kick on and work our way up the table more than anything, you know. You've obviously got a lot of experience in Welsh rugby, but how are you finding this role maybe a bit different? A little bit different, so it's not so much hands-on anymore, which obviously I love to do with the players. It's fun. That's the first time I enjoy myself in the moment. Ask me in a couple of weeks, it might be a different answer. But no, it's uh, it's enjoyable, and we made a pact to the players in our first meeting, which was a little bit later than we should have, obviously with the upheaval, the boys move on. Obviously I moved on for a bit and then I come back that we made a pact saying that we're here as coaches in the coaching group to improve every player. And if we do that, hopefully our performance has improved. So hopefully you'll be seeing that now. And hopefully it'll kick on for the rest of the year. Four teams going down last year, one in the playoff. In a way, was that more stressful than one team going down this year? Uh, not really. I think we fought so hard to stay in this league. And you know, if you look at this league, you know, there was a hell of a lot of very good teams there. So it's great fighting to stay in here. And we just want to survive. We want to really kick on this year. So it's... It is stressful, every season stressful, demanded, but you know, hopefully we can kick on and make a good account of ourselves. We know the strength of the area, we know the strength of the players coming through. Who have you brought in? Who have you got? Who should we be looking out for? No, literally we got pretty much recall the squad that played last year, you know. We've got some of those senior players, you've got Garth Harvey, Jordan Collier, Ben Jones, you know, they were the cornerstone of our pack last year. We've brought a couple more boys in, obviously to sprinkle a little bit more, you know, quality of us and obviously we keep talking about these allocations from the Ospreys. So obviously, they'll be coming out at some point after the A-team, like every other team. The boys are so close, you know, closely knit. We're tight together and we can work hard together and hopefully we can get our results. So what are the expectations? Have you set targets for this year? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we have, but it's, uh, I don't want to say too much. We, we're going to look up a table instead of down. And that's, uh, I don't want to say too much, but that's what we, we're looking to do. You know. How much will we start from that first game as an indication where you are? Because we start a little bit later because obviously everything moving on and boys coming in and coaches coming in and out. We are a little bit three, four weeks behind where we should be. But, you know, hopefully, but we will let the ground run in Friday night and hopefully Abraham at home is always a, you know, a feisty encounter. Uh, so hopefully it, it doesn't disappoint. Jason Hyatt, Aberavon. What can we expect from Aberavon this season? Good rugby, hopefully. Um, we've had a great summer. You know, the energy is really, really positive in camp. And we, funny enough, I shared a ride up with JTR on the way up, you know, club captain, and we're discussing it. You know, it's, it's, you don't set out to create an energy. It just sort of manifests itself, you know, and, uh, and it, it is really positive. You know, we've had, a, we've had a really good and enjoyable summer. So hopefully, you know, we've tried to build on what we did last year, playing the same style of rugby, but just becoming a little bit slicker and taking better opportunities. And we were great at creating last year, perhaps not as good as finishing them. So it's just progressing from where we were last year. That's the aim. You know what it takes to compete at the top. You did it a, a couple of years ago, missed out by the narrowest of margins. Yeah. Bit of a dip. Last year, returned to form. Is that going to be something we can see you back to two, three seasons ago? I, I, honestly, I think you know the the more experience I get as a coach, you know you try to control everything within your control and 
it's things like energy and going cycles and this year we've really got a positive energy I think after the narrow loss in the final a couple of years ago we lost a couple of really key players Chris Davis, Ian Moore and those boys were huge sort of influences on the squad and then we got back to some really good form last year and I think some of the signings we've made this year have been really positive. Everybody's fitted in. Lloyd Evans in the back row. Ali Thomas has had a positive effect. And that will add to competition as well. But all the new signings. And we've picked a couple of guys up late in the summer. Ali Dries has come in from Pontebera and he's made a massive impact. Garin Payne Lloyd from uh, Aberdeen. He's made a big impact. He scored a couple of tries in pre-season in the warm-up games. And uh, they've really put pressure on the talent within the squad. And I, I just think that's all sort of come together now nicely. So... Everyone's excited for the kickoff, and you've got to realise so the other teams are excited for it, so it all bodes for a really good Premiership this year, I think. We're in Merthyr, of course, of one of the last couple of seasons. What does it take to knock them off the pedestal? Well, you know, we're in a fortunate position. We did a double on Merthyr last year. So, first off, I think you've really got to front up to them and, and more than match them in, uh, in the pack. And, you know, Merthyr like to play a certain way. They rely heavily on, on their forward power. And if you can negate that and put them under pressure by playing a sort of style of rugby they're not necessarily comfortable with, that's the way to beat Merthyr. And they're a quality team, you know. They, most of their players have played, they played regional or higher rugby. So they know their way around the rugby field. They're very experienced. But uh, I think you've got, to, you've, you've got to just sling it out there, really, and get stuck into them up front and be prepared to play a bit of rugby. And I think importantly you've got to take your chances as well because you'll probably get three or four chances to score tries and you've got to take them and just the 12 teams and a, a fairly clear-cut objective at the end all the uh, experimentation yeah. the last few years seems to have gone out the window so does that change it from your point of view as well I, I think last year was was a really stressful year for everyone and sort of that influenced the decision we give the boys nine weeks off at the end of the season a lot longer than what we normally have and I think everybody felt it with you know, four teams going down last year, possibly five. That was a, a, a really volatile environment to be in. And you know, any team can beat anyone in a premiership. You know, um, that's just the nature of the beast. But I think going into this season, as you said, we've got 12 teams. One goes down, one goes up. You know, we are focusing purely on ourselves. You can get hung up on worrying about all sorts of scenarios. The only scenario we want to see is that we're progressing on and off the field and uh, and continuing to play some exciting rugby and, and that's what we focused on. You know, we've based our summer solely on us and the build up to the first game again is pretty much 99.9% us and a little bit about the opposition. So that's where we are at the moment and I'm really looking forward to it. Matt Silver, RGC. What shape are RGC in going into the coming season? The coaching staff from uh, the past few years has moved on so it's a new mantle for me in there and I've just been trying to sit back a little bit and have a lot of things that done up there and because I was appointed quite late so I didn't really want to go in and change too much because they're a good side you know they can play so I just needed to just shape it a little bit going forward um, made some few signings massive game on Sunday against Merthyr so uh, I, you know I'm looking forward to it I'm happy where we are we'll know an awful lot after the first two weeks won't we Yes, well, we got got Merthyr home, Cardiff home, and then Landovery away, and that's what this league's going to be like this year. I said it last year that last year wasn't the most difficult year. This year will be the most difficult year because there's less games. There's all the quality sides left in there. So, you know, you've really got to build. You've got to hit your strap lines this season. So even though there were four, possibly five teams going down last year and only one this year, you think it'll be tougher? Definitely. You know, as a coach last year, you know, we were doing the maths, 30 games, you know, you can pick a lot of bonus points up and a couple of wins here and there, and, but this year, you know, you lose five or six and 
you know, you stand on a barrel of a gun, really, so every game counts for something this year. And having that one team going down, so that's something that maybe helps you relax and look upwards more than you look down. How's that going to work? I've got a record of saying, you know, I think RGC are the top six side. You know, I know they finished ninth last year, but they had a few problems, a few injuries. Sides were fighting for their lives, so they, when they were coming down south, you know, they were lost to Swansea and games they don't traditionally lose. This is a consolidated league now, and I'd like to think that, you know, they're the top six side. They can, we can't keep talking about development, and yet it is a very, very young squad. They've been together quite a while now. They're established. They know their style of rugby that they can play. I'm just hoping to unleash her. How's Rachel Taylor getting on? Yeah, she's doing well. She's been in with me um, on the academy sessions in the daytimes and uh, I've been down to Colwyn Bay to take a session with her down there with the, with the men's team. So um, it's a good relationship and it's uh, going well. A new thing to have a woman involved at that level of men's rugby. Is it something that everybody just accepts? Is it, is it just simply the way things are going? It's about skill sets and, you know, we, we, if we take the gender away, 67 caps, captain the country, coach the barbars. You know, if it's about skill sets, Rachel Taylor's got as good a skill set as, as anyone else. So, you know, why shouldn't she, she have that opportunity to play her trade in the men's game? And just finally, obviously you came from Bridgen, sad news there over the last couple of weeks with the passing away of Derek King, someone you'd have worked very closely with in New Wales. Yeah, he was, um, you know, first of all, my condolences to his family and his friends and, you know, everybody at Bridgen because uh, the guy was a, you know, he was a great person, first and foremost. He was a great rugby man towards the end when we needed to win like he, he did a lot of rallying rounds you know he brought Rob Oldie in to do a team talk and you know just, just those little special things that he that only he could do and you know he was very supportive of me he was coming to every training session towards the end of the season um, came to every game as big a game as a Ponty game was I was, I was just so pleased that he was there to be in that team circle at the end and, and, to, and to see his club survive at the, the highest level they can play so it was a good uh, tribute to him, but, you know, like we say, unfortunately, it's going to be sadly missed. Nice tribute to a real rugby man there. So that's it for this week's Cross Rugby Union podcast. Plenty more build up next week and reaction to the game in Dublin, of course. But until then, goodbye.